You are listening to the Sandoval Bench Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Sandoval. Uh, so we got a lot to get into. We always do. Uh, divisional playoffs in the NFL happened. They came and went. Uh, this weekend we'll have the AFC and NFC Championship games. Uh, we saw Clemson and LSU uh, face off in the NCAA uh, National Championship game. Uh, there's some Houston Astros news to get into. Uh, and I guess Boston Red Sox news. Just overall MLB news. Uh, none of it's good news. It's all bad stuff. Uh, definitely a black eye for the for the league. I watched uh, part of the Aaron Hernandez uh, Netflix documentary last night. I watched the. It's a three part um, miniseries. I watched the first part and then half of the second part. Um, I fell asleep though, not because it was boring, but just because. I was exhausted, but uh, it's. I'll get into that later. It was. It was really good. Um, I'll get into more specifics about that. I. I really don't know where to start. You know, I should start with the NFL. Uh, we just had some some great divisional matchups uh, this past week, and we're heading into the conference championship games. And then we had a. It was a good first half in the NCAA, the College Football National Championship, but I. I feel like I should start with the the Houston Astros allegations and well I guess some of it is true uh, but so th- uh, the MLB com- concluded the the investigation for the 2017-2018 Houston Astros I thought I thought it, a lot was going to come from this you know people were going to get fired I thought some players were going to get banned uh, for a couple years maybe banned uh, for life, that ended up not happening. What happened was uh, the Astros were fined $5 million and they forfeited uh, the first and second round picks in the 2020 and 2021 drafts. Their general manager, uh, Jeff Lunau, and A.J. Hinch, their their manager, they were suspended for the entire 2020 season, uh, but then they were also fired uh, by the owner of the Astros. And then... Uh, so the Red Sox manager, Alex Cora, who was part of the Astros uh, organization uh, when those allegations occurred. Uh, so they, Alex Cora and the Boston Red Sox, they, they apparently said uh, they mutually agreed to part ways. But whatever that means, whatever that is said, that always means that he was fired. So Alex Cora got fired. And then, let's see, uh, Carlos Beltran, he was hired by the New York Mets to manage them. And so in this in this case so far, no players have have uh, been suspended or fired or or released or anything like that. Uh, Carlos Beltran was a player for the Houston Astros, but then got hired as a manager um, for the Mets. Now uh, they decided to fire him, which is it's kind of like well he was a player at the time and no other players were disciplined. But I thought he should have been fired. Because you can't have the manager of your organization. He's basically the face of your team and your organization. You can't have him tied uh, to cheating, to a huge cheating scandal in the MLB. It hasn't happened in over 100 years since the the Black Sox. So I would have fired him. I would have fired Alex Cora. I think you had to to fire A.J. Hinch. I don't think anyone, I don't think they're going to have another chance uh, to be managers in the league. I don't think they should. They didn't set up. They didn't set everything up, or at least AJ Hinch didn't. He wasn't, you know, the main person in this. But uh, Alex Cora apparently was the one who kind of orchestrated this with some of the players in Houston, 
and AJ Hinch, he didn't like it apparently, but he didn't really do anything to stop it. Um, so they were let go. And the issue with this is I feel they should be banned for life from the MLB. You see what happened to Pete Rose. And what Pete Rose did, he he made some some bets on on the Reds winning games when he was a manager, apparently not when he was a player. But it wasn't it was they weren't like throwing the game or anything. He was betting on his own team to win. And I honestly I don't see a problem with that. Unless Pete Rose was betting on his team to lose and he's like kind of making different decisions so that they can lose and he's throwing a game, like it's just a complete waste, it's all a fix. I have a problem with that. But if you're just betting on your team to win, I mean, like of course, like you believe in your team so much you're not gonna give up, like you guys are gonna win. And he also he has the most career hits. In MLB history, like if he shouldn't be banned from baseball, and I think he should be in the Hall of Fame, honestly. But that's one person in that organization. Because a lot of people are comparing these issues to like, oh, well, is this as bad as what Pete Rose did? I don't think it's as bad as what Pete Rose did. Or no, it it's it's worse than what Pete Rose did. Because what Pete Rose did, I don't think it's as bad as people people think, and I don't think he should have been banned um, forever from the MLB. Uh, he it was just one person. He was the only one that was involved in that. But this with the Astros, it's like an organizational goal to cheat and to steal signs. They had the Cameron salt. Everyone was in on it. Even if people didn't like it, people didn't do anything to stop it. Right. They just, they just kept continue to do it. They won two championships and they've been, they've been making the playoffs every year. They've been like the best. They've had one of the best records in the league for the last few years. And, um, you know, MVPs were won. Altuve won a, uh, an MVP. So this this affected a lot of other teams too. It affected it affected the Yankees. The Yankees definitely had a chance to uh, to beat the Astros and make it to the World Series and maybe win that. You know, the Dodgers they feel like they're owed. You know they they feel like they should be considered champions now. And they've had a lot, they've, their team has had a lot of changes in trying to be competitive and trying to win that world series. Um, they lost the They went back to back, they lost the Astros and the Red Sox. Both teams are the ones who are, are part of this scandal. Um, Alex Cora, when he was with the Red Sox and then AJ Hinch and all them with the Astros. So this has a huge impact on on also also uh, contracts players contracts and and managerial hirings um you know if uh if Cora doesn't win with the Astros he probably doesn't get hired with the Red Sox AJ Hinch doesn't get a contract extension um these Astros players like they're not regarded as some of the best players they're not getting these big contracts um you know merchandise sales aren't that high these ticket sales aren't as high um, man, this was like when when they came on the scene and they were competitive and they were they were back in the playoffs. They redesigned their uniforms. They moved to the AL. Like it was a good story, you know. I I liked the Astros. Altuve is like was like five nine or something, and he was just he's just playing out of his mind. And it, yeah, it was a good story. I liked I liked watching them play. They were just a fun team to watch. But man, these are just what a terrible terrible organization after all this comes out, you know, it was just, it's all just fake. And then if you even compare some of these, um, some of their statistics, like hitting offensively, uh, compared, um, from home and their home and away splits, it's significant. 
You know, they have MVP type numbers when they're at home because they have the camera set up and they're banging on trash cans. And then apparently there's there's also a rumor that um, that Alex Bregman, uh, like well, mostly all of these guys were all wearing like buzzers on their uh, inside left shoulder. So then they were getting buzzes when a certain pitch was coming, if it was a changeup or a fastball or a curveball, and then you hear the banging trash can. So they knew what pitches were coming already, right? So, I mean, that gives them a competitive advantage, right? But I and this is this is different from everyone wants to bring up the steroid era. I think this is different than the steroid era because steroids, like, it's not gonna you're not gonna know what pitch is coming up. I mean, you may have the power and stuff. It's still not going to teach you how to hit a fastball. You still have to have the hand-to-hand coordination. You have to have everything there. But once you make contact, then you'll probably it'll probably be a home run, right? But you don't know what pitch is coming. You know, they might intentionally walk you like they did uh, to Barry Bonds all the time. They might hit you with a breaking ball, or they might throw you inside. Um, so it's I I don't know. I just think it's different. And then uh, Bud Selig at the time the. Uh, the commissioner of the league was okay with it. He was just like, oh, it's fine. You know what? They didn't even test for it. So it wasn't even technically illegal at the time. People want to say cheating, but everybody was doing it. You know, that's just, that was just that era of baseball. And I know some, some teams are, are signs steal are stealing signs and I guess considered cheating and stuff. But I don't think everyone had this operation of, they had the, uh, this camera set up and they had, they had buzzers. Like if you're wearing buzzers, like you're doing all this stuff to cheat. Like if you just, if you just practice a little bit more, maybe you're just like, you work on some things. Maybe you'll get more hits instead of like, you need banging trash cans. You need a camera. You need a buzzer. Like I think this completely ruins the careers for sure. AJ Hinch and, uh, Altuve, maybe, uh, Alex Bregman. Cause Alex Bregman, he was in the MVP conversation. He was having a great year. You know, maybe Correa. Correa obviously probably wasn't uh, using the buzzer because he was struggling in the playoffs this past year. Uh, but the the years prior, he he had a really good series. Uh, so, so the Dodgers should be back to back World Series champions. As much as I loathe the Dodgers, I I mean I don't think you can you can award a team. Uh, these trophies and and um, say that they're the World Series champions, but I think you can you can vacate uh, those championships like they do in college football. They vacated U- USC's uh, national championships and Reggie Bush's Heisman and stuff. So if they vacate these championships for the Red Sox and uh, the Astros, but they don't they don't award a new winner, then it's just empty, right? But then we all know you know it should be the Dodgers back to back. But yeah, it, it definitely affected careers because I mean. We talked about Clayton Kershaw. We talked. I talked about him a couple episodes ago. We talked about him and how uh, about his failures in the postseason, and how we've been waiting for him to have a great game in the postseason. And you know, it's kind of his. Um, it's just going to define his career of of these playoff failures. But if he has those, even if he even has one of those championships, like actually has one of those, like that completely changes the narrative around his career, especially in the postseason. And then if he has two, like, come on, like he's already a, a, a hall of famer, I believe, but if he has two world series championships, like that completely changes how we view Clayton Kershaw's uh, postseason career. So, I mean, it, there's a lot of ramifications that this, this has had um, in the league. I mean, even like Aaron judge, if Aaron judge has a chance, I mean, no, he plays in New York and he's a great athlete, but if he has a championship, Giancarlo Stanton in uh, New York as well. If he has a championship, like that completely changes everything, you know? Um, so what the Astros did was wrong. And I think, 
obviously wrong, and I I think they should be banned. Uh, you know, the players the players need to be to be banned as well. You know, you have all these managers getting fired, but um, I think it's the issue with that is the commissioner Rob Manfred he doesn't want to go against the players union because uh, the managers the reason why they were fired and all that stuff was able to happen why they were banned for or suspended for a year was because there's no managerial union right so you can't really can't really do that to the players he doesn't want to go against the players union because uh, it's a strong union that they have there and they're gonna fight for those players but I think they should try to do that because these guys are gonna they're just gonna get away scot-free for cheating the game over three four years this is ridiculous like baseball is this is such a black eye for baseball like this is championship nfl championship weekend we should be talking about the nfl but i'm opening with baseball and this news and it's, none of it's good and baseball's been struggling for a while as far as ratings and and um, generating interest for younger fans and keeping their fan base because all their all their their diehard fans are dying off you know, and then you can't get people involved in this now, like people interested in now. They're only interested in trying to figure out more of this scandal, but you can't get people to keep watching now because now you're like, well, if the Astros were doing this like for four years, the Red Sox were doing this, who else is doing that? You know, there's other teams and other players that are doing stuff like this, probably. You know, if they're doing it, other people might be doing it. So now it's like, well, what do we believe? The balls are juiced, so more people are hitting home runs, but then people are cheating, like. It's this game is just crap now. Like what is what is happening to the game? And then now they're just they're um, they're changing the dimensions of of baseball fields and stuff and making them smaller so people hit more home runs. I'm just like man, it, the, the game is not the same. They're trying to add a pitch clock. They're they're trying to, they're trying to add uh, robo computer umpires and it's just they're they're uh, limiting how many times a manager can go. Uh, to the pitcher's mound, and then they talk to the pitcher, and they just want to time everything. They want you in and out of the games, and it's they're ruining it. It's just it's such a bad product. And then now there's rumors that the um, Mike Trout, the the league's best player in my opinion, apparently he uh, they let him take HGH because uh, he has a thyroid problem, and so that's a rumor now. It's just like you can't have the best player tied to that stuff, especially now. And then you have these other Great players who were are tied to this huge cheating scandal. It's just like what what is good about baseball right now? We have nothing good. You you haven't heard a good story coming out of baseball. None of the reception to any of the stuff is positive. There's nothing good coming out. It's just it's such it's in such a bad spot right now. And their problem in the beginning, I, I believed, was marketing. You know, and it was like the uh, the accessibility of of baseball games. Like I live in Oregon, I want to watch the Giants game, but for some reason I can't watch the Giants games in Oregon. Oregon doesn't have a baseball uh, baseball team, right? So you know, there's going to be some fans since we're between Washington and California. There's going to be some fans of the Mariners since we're so close to Washington, but there's also going to be some fans of the Giants and the A's since we're so close to California. So what should they do? They should show all three of those games, different channels, so they can get more fans, right? So wouldn't they want more fans? So I said, I can't watch any of the any of the Giants games. I can only watch Mariners games. So sometimes I watch Mariners games, but I'm not even a Mariners fan, but I'm watching it because I want to watch some baseball, right? So that's their first problem. They only let you watch it if you're in a certain 
a certain like geographical bubble that they they created and no one knows where it, it ends and begins. So that's a problem. And then you have your your best players like Mike Trout. He doesn't like being on social media. He doesn't like doing commercials or anything like that. So it's like no one really knows who you are then. Like we never hear from him. We don't know who the real Mike Trout is, you know. Um, and if this HGH allegation is true, then then he takes a hit, you know, and then uh, baseball takes an even bigger hit. So I don't know. I don't know what happens from here, but um, this this investigation with the Astros isn't over. I think they. I think they're going to do some more stuff uh, to the players. I think they're going to be banned or suspended. Something's going to happen more with the players. They're still investigating the Red Sox. Um, the only thing that came out of that is uh, the firing of uh, Alex Cora. Um, but right now they're they're looking into this investigation for the the buzzers that they're wearing, and now Twitter Twitter's like dissecting every picture and video. There's a video of uh, Altuve hitting a home run off of Aroldis um, Chapman in the ALCS, and it's a walk off. So he's running. He's running home, and you can see in slow motion, he's like holding his jersey, and he's telling people, "Hey, I." It looks like from I'm my my talents in reading lips. It's I feel like I'm a a six out of ten, so I'm 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 okay. But it looked like he said, "Don't take off my jersey. I got a buzzer on," something like that, because he's he's bringing his jersey in tight. He's holding on to his jersey and he's like waving no and he's pointing to his shoulder. And there's even pictures that, you know, you zoom in and it looks like they're wearing like a, there's a buzzer on the inside of the left shoulder. It's like a little little buzzer hooked around their arm into their shoulder. So we're going to find out some more information. But this was actually um, Carlos Beltran's uh, niece apparently. She came out on Twitter and she was like, hey, uh, I know you want me to be quiet, but I, this has to get out there. And apparently she has some pictures that she said she's going to hold for rainy day. So she has some information, some inside information. She has pictures, and she's the one who broke this story about the buzzers. And then everyone's looking at pictures and videos and um, about these buzzers. But then it came out that, like, oh, that's not my niece. It's like, well, why would this random person say that she's your niece if she's not your niece? Like, that that's probably your niece. So people are just trying this. A lot more is coming out. Um, so we're going to have to wait for this to unfold a little bit more but man what a it's just bad 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 news for baseball um we're talking about baseball this this time of year never happens so you know it's not anything good so before i get into the nfl uh, i want to talk about the uh, national championship game Uh, we had clemson playing against uh, lsu i think i picked lsu to win Uh, lsu ended up winning 42 to 25 Uh, joe burrow just had a great game, threw for 463 yards, five touchdowns. He just completely dominated. Uh, looked great. Even had 58 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. Uh, but the first half was was really close. It was really competitive. You know, they had um, Clemson. You know, they scored early, and um, you know, it looked like we're we're going to be in for a back and forth matchup throughout the entire game. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, he, he kind of struggled a little bit, though. It seemed like he was pressing too much. He was maybe um, maybe he was thinking about the matchup with Burrow and how people were going to c- kind of compare them to because uh, they're the two two best quarterbacks. And um, Trevor Lawrence, when he gets in the draft, he's going to be the number one pick probably. Uh, Joe Burrow is going to Cincinnati. So there was a lot on this game. 
a lot of people, a lot of uh, draft scouts talking about this quarterback matchup. And it, it seemed like that kind of affected Trevor Lawrence or like he was trying to put the team on his back a little bit, like, you know, trying to compete with Burrow there, um, which I, th- I think it is a competition. You know, it's um, between those two, they're, they're two great quarterbacks. But it, he was missing, he was missing kind of high on a lot of throws. There was a lot of, a lot of passes where there was open receivers and he was just overthrowing people, overthrowing people. But I think it was more about the, the defense of LSU because um, it was a lot of those corners are good there at LSU, and uh, it seemed like he was just trying to force in into some tight windows and just trying to make something happen. Uh, he ended up throwing for 234 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, uh, 37 attempts, uh, only eight, 18 uh, completions. Uh, he had a rushing touchdown, though, and rushed for 49 yards. But, you know, the first half was great. It was close, but then LSU just – pulled away in the second half, you know. Um, it took LSU a while to get to get going, but once they got going, they you know, they took advantage and and kinda kinda stepped on the gas a little bit more and, and pulled away a little bit more. But um, with LSU they were just battle tested uh, the entire season. They had a they had a strong schedule. You know, they beat Bama, uh, they beat Auburn you know, they had an early matchup against Texas when Texas was still ranked high and we thought they were going to be good. So that was a good matchup as well. Um, so they, they had a tough schedule, and they finished undefeated 15-0. and And Burrow had 60 touchdown passes, and everything was perfect for them. He won the Heisman. Uh, and then Clemson, they had, a, you know, they had a weak schedule. They didn't play a ranked opponent until they got to the, the playoff. Uh, the, the ACC was pretty weak this year. Uh, but I think I think Clemson has a chance to get back next year instead of LSU. LSU they lost uh, Joe Brady, who is a uh, the quarterback coach or the offensive assistant for uh, LSU, and really helped Joe Burrow, you know, take that next step. He worked with the Saints uh, last year, and then Joe Burrow is going to the NFL. So I don't know who's going to play quarterback for LSU. Um, so you know they they might be hard for them to come back because they have a lot of people leaving after this championship but as far as Clemson Clemson's still going to have uh, Trevor Lawrence next year and you know and they, they get a lot of uh, good recruits every year so I think they have a higher chance of coming back the next year LSU I don't think they'll be 15 and 0 for sure they might struggle may, maybe 10 11 wins but I don't think they'll be nearly as this dominant as they were uh, so getting into the NFL we had the divisional divisional games last week. Uh, we had the Viking, the Vikings and the 49ers. Uh, the 49ers just completely dominated that game. Uh, they ended up winning 27-10. to 10. Uh, Jimmy G, he doesn't have to do a whole lot uh, for them to win. Uh, it's mostly their running game and then their defense, and he just kind of makes passes here and there. So, um, And that's what's good about their, their offense is that they don't have to rely solely on Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, Kirk Cousins, and that you know the Vikings—they were—they were a run-heavy offense, uh, but the 49ers held uh, Dalvin Cook to just 18 yards on nine carries, so they weren't able to get the offense going. I mean, uh, Kirk Cousins only had under 200 yards passing, so uh, 49ers completely dominated that game. Then you had the Seahawks and the Packers. The Packers ended up winning that game 28 to 23. You know the Packers. They should have won that game by a lot more, but 
you know, the thing about the Seahawks, what makes them great is uh, with Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll, they're always in a game. You know, they can have all kinds of injuries. They have, like, no running backs, but they're always going to be in a game. But, you know, in the first half, the Packers seemed like they were pulling away and it was going to be a blowout, but then uh, Seattle came right back. Uh, they had their uh, their passing game going. You know, Russell Wilson was just trying to make anything happen, trying to get them going. But, uh, you know, they ended up just losing by five. You know, it was a good season. If they did have their running backs, I think it would have been a different a different game for sure. They'd probably be in the conference championship playing the 49ers again, uh, which I really wanted to see. I wanted that to happen. It was, I, wanted, I wanted to see the third, the rubber match because they, they ended up splitting uh, during the season. And the Seahawks know them the best. So the Seahawks have the chance, I think, to beat the 49ers and go back to the Super Bowl. But uh, it was a shame that their, their two running backs, uh, Penny and Carson, uh, had season-ending injuries. So we'll see next year. Uh, but they should be in the thick of things next year. As far as Packers, you know, uh, they they looked good. You know, Aaron Rodgers was able to find uh, Devontae Adams. But it's a different offense. They don't have to rely on Aaron Rodgers as much. Kind of like... Kind of like Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers. They have a, a good running game, uh, a pretty good defense. And so Aaron Rodgers doesn't have to do as much uh, as he had in the past. So um, they'll they'll play each other uh, tomorrow, Sunday, in the conference championship. And then we had the AFC was crazy. It was crazy. We had the Chiefs and the Texans playing each other. The Texans were completely dominating the Chiefs in the first quarter. They were up. 21 to 0 in the first quarter. Uh, then in the second quarter, the Chiefs outscored the Texans 28 to 3. And then they just they kept going. They kept scoring. And then they ended up uh, beating the Texans 51 to 31. They were down by 21, came back, and ended up winning by 20 points. Crazy, crazy game. The Texans completely blew it. All they had to do was, you know, run the clock, just keep running the ball. And, you know, try to get some touchdowns and maybe some field goals and just get some stops, man. They just couldn't stop that Chiefs offense. They had no running game. Carlos Hyde only had 44 rushing yards. Watson had 37. So they they didn't manage the clock well. Bill O'Brien is on the hot seat, though. If they didn't make it this far in the playoffs, he would have gotten fired. Um, so next year, if they don't go further than this, at least at the conference championship game, then he's gone. And, you know, I always kind of rag on Deshaun Watson, but, um, you know, he, the second half, he has to keep up that same intensity. He had a great first ha- first quarter, basically. Uh, but then after that, it was just nothing, you know. He had a good game last week uh, against the, the week before against the Bills. But, you know, he Patrick Mahomes is just head and shoulders better than any other quarterback in the league, I think. Um, and he had five touchdown passes. 321 yards. Like he just looked great. Um, so, yeah, they're going to the, the conference championship. And this next game was also crazy. The AFC was just nuts that weekend. Um, so the the Ravens, number one seed, 14-2, best record in the league. Uh, Lamar Jackson, he's going to be your MVP. It was just a great year for them. And then the Titans, they were well, they were 2-4 and four early in the season. They benched Marcus Mariota for Ryan Tannehill. Um well, the Titans, they beat the Bravens 28-12. Uh, Ryan Tannehill only had 88 passing yards. <laughs> and uh, Derrick Henry had another stellar game. He had 195 yards. So he's the first player, first running back to have over 180 yards rushing in three straight games. 
He carried the ball 30 times. Crazy. Uh, Lamar Jackson kind of he he struggled, you know, but he led he led the entire offense with rushing yards and passing yards. He led the the team with 143 rushes, uh, 143 rushing yards. He had 20 rushes. He rushed the ball 20 times. No other player rushed in double figures. Mark Ingram was the next with six attempts. Uh, he I mean he had 365 yards passing. He had 59 attempts in that game. But it seemed like he it seemed like he was trying to do too much. Like he didn't have enough help, you know. And I know a lot of people are kind of being negative on uh, Lamar Jackson. Like, hey, um, you know, oh, he's not as good as we thought, and all this stuff. You know, he's still what is? How old is he? He's twenty three years old. He's still young. He's still developing. You know, this is like something you got to get over. Where you're the number one seed, and you got to be able to win those games. But you know, that's just like part of developing in the league as a quarterback. Especially, especially if you're as talented as he is, you know, I, he's just gonna he's gonna come back better next year, and and for the future in his career. I was really looking forward to a, a Chiefs Ravens matchup. We won't get that this year. Maybe we'll get that next year. Uh, but you know, the Ravens they have a lot to look forward to. Um, they have a really bright future. I think I think Lamar Jackson will get that Super Bowl. They have a great defense. Um, they need to add some weapons. I think in the running game, um, but. You know, no one was expecting them to be 14-2, and no one expected him to win the MVP. They weren't gonna, supposed to have the number one seed. Like, I don't even think I, ma- I had them making the playoffs. I think I had them, like, 9-7, not making the playoffs, or 8-8, eight and eight, something like that. I think out of that conference, I think I had the, the Browns <laughs> and the Steelers, I believe. So, so it's still a great season, you know, but... I think the pressure is definitely on next year, especially with that record this year, and then Lamar Jackson winning that MVP. Uh, but the Titans, man, they're just they're there's like no pressure on them. Like Mike Frabel, head coach, and Ryan Tannehill's like he's just happy to have this opportunity. Derrick Henry's just like give me the damn ball, you know. And their defense is great, and you know they they have this feel like people don't they shouldn't be here, you know. And they know how people feel about them, like they. They uh, clinched their playoff berth on the last game of the season. They finished nine and seven. They're the only team without like a marquee quarterback, um, you know. So they they feel like, hey, there's no pressure on us. We're just playing football, you know. We're just playing. We know we're we know we're not supposed to be here. People don't think we're supposed to be here. Mike Vrabel's still a young coach. They're really not supposed to be there, but you know they're playing loose. They're just like they're really believing in each other. So we have um, Texans and and Chiefs playing for that conference championship game. I really want to pick the Titans. I want to pick the Titans to go to the Super Bowl because, you know, there's no pressure on them. They're just playing. They have Ryan Tannehill as their quarterback who's combined, what was it, combined like less than 200 yards combined for the, these last two playoff games, which I, I think that's got to be a record unless Trent Dilfer did that for the Ravens. I Yeah, I just really want to pick them because Derek Henry is going to rush for like 200 yards this game. Um but I, I just can't go against the Chiefs. I, okay, I'll say this. I wouldn't be surprised if the Titans beat the Chiefs. I will not be surprised at all. And Ryan Tannehill has like 65 yards passing. And Derrick Henry has 200 yards rushing. But I'm, I'm going to pick the Chiefs. Because Patrick Mahomes, he's just so good. So damn good at, at being a quarterback. And I think this has to be, if this not this year, it has to be this year for the Chiefs. To go to the Super Bowl, like the pressure, there's a lot of pressure on Andy Reid. He always has these postseason issues. Like I don't, I feel like there's no pressure on on Patrick Mahomes. 
not as much as Andy Reid because I think it all comes down to Andy Reid's play calling and and clock management. Um, and definitely on that defense, it's it's up to the defense because if it wasn't for D Ford, I mentioned it before, and the offsides against New England, they would have they would have went to the Super Bowl last year, and they probably would have beat the Rams. So, um, so yeah, the pressure's on that defense, but I'm gonna go with the Chiefs to pick the Titans, but I really want to pick the Titans, but I'm not gonna pick the Titans, but I I won't be surprised if the Titans win. But I'm gonna go with the Chiefs. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with overall talent. In this one, even though the Chiefs are playing really well and they're they're just they're playing loose, they're really playing loose. And then the, on the NFC side, we have the Packers and 49ers. I know the 49ers. I had a dream about this game actually. I had a dream that the Packers beat the 49ers 20 to 10. I think it was. And I know the 49ers beat them. Was it Week 11, Week 12, Sunday Night Football? Uh, it was 38 to 10. I want to say completely dominated them. 49ers looked great, and Packers just did not look good at all. But um, they're playing in Santa Clara. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the 49ers, and it's gonna be because of their defense and their running game. Um, I think they'll be able to shut down Aaron Jones, so the Packers will have to rely on Aaron Rodgers a little bit more, which isn't a bad thing, obviously. But I think the 49ers will get enough stops, and um, on offense, they have. I think they have more weapons, not in their receiving core, but just that the way. Um, their play calling is with um, Shanahan, and then they have George Kittle, who can just who does basically everything. Uh, but I mean, there's no pressure. I don't think there's any pressure on Jimmy G. He just kind of goes because I mean, the 49ers don't have to rely on him as much. This is his first full year as a starter. He had his first playoff game against the Vikings last week. I think the pressure was on him that game because they're like, hey, you you know, you had a you had a big contract, and this is your first playoff game. Like, we want to see if you're really good. And he, you know, he showed he played well. You know, they won. You know, he could have had a better game, but statistically, but you know, they won. So, um, but I think the pressure on for this game, it's on Shanahan with his, with his play calling from Atlanta in the Super Bowl. I think that's still, that's still kind of on him. You know, until he wins another Super Bowl, people are going to kind of question his play calling sometimes. So I think for the 49ers, the pressure's on Shanahan and not really Jimmy Garoppolo because. I mean, uh, Westgate had uh, their over-under this year was was eight wins this season. So they were projected to be eight and eight. They ended up being 13 and three. So, I mean, it feels like, hey, we're not really supposed to be here kind of thing too. Um, but now that they are here, you know, it's on Shanahan, not so much Jimmy G. But next year, there'll be more pressure on Jimmy G because they're like, hey, you finished 13 and three this season. And we don't know what's going to happen, but, you know, they're they're going to the conference championship so next year, be like, hey, can you replicate that or take that next step if they don't win the Super Bowl this year? As far as the Packers go, I think the pressure, I feel like it would be on Matt LaFleur, but he is a first-year coach, and you know he's had so much success in his first season making the conference championship, so I think it's more on Aaron Rodgers because um, out of all the quarterbacks left, he's, he's the only one with the championship, and he's... He's on that elite level like Mahomes, but he has a championship. And people always talk talk about Aaron Rodgers and say, hey, he's the he's the best, most talented uh, quarterback in NFL history. And, you know, they had that – there was that split between him and Mike McCarthy. Uh, they were kind of blaming each other. You know, they don't have a good relationship. And people are like, hey, you know, would you rather have Rodgers or Mike McCarthy? But then when they switched coaches, the, the year after Mike McCarthy with 
LaFleur now. They're 13-3, and number two seed in the NFC, so it seems like it was more McCarthy than Rodgers. But now Rodgers has to go out and prove it like, hey, I can put the team on my back. You know, let's get to the championship. So um, I think the pressure's on him for that. But I'm going to go with the, the 49ers and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. And then I'll make my I'll make my pick for that game. Um, I think I'm gonna go with the 49ers in that. Um, you know they can mix it up with the running game. They can mix it up with the passing game as well. And their defense is just so good. Uh, Nick Bosa, he can get after you. Uh, Richard Sherman, you know he's not the lockdown corner that he was in Seattle, but you know he's still very effective. And he's definitely he gives that uh, he gives that defense that attitude that they needed for a while, um, so so yeah I'll have uh, have the the Forty Nineers win the Super Bowl, uh, but we'll see what happens on Sunday. Um, some good matchups there to look out for. Uh, we had some other football news. Uh, the the Giants they ended up hiring uh, Joe Judge, who was the assistant in New England. He was a special teams and wide receivers. Uh, coach there uh, the Browns they I thought they were going to hire uh, Josh McDaniels they ended up not hiring McDaniels uh, they hired Stefanski he was uh, he spent his whole career with the Minnesota Vikings and uh, he's now the offensive coordinator or he was the offensive coordinator for the Vikings this past uh, past season so now he's going into a Cleveland job that you know it, it was pretty hard for them to fill that job right I don't love the hire because He's not a he doesn't seem like a coach who demands respect like I thought like a Ron Rivera uh, would I thought Ron Rivera would have been great but you know the Browns like Baker Mayfield needs someone to get in his face someone that he's going to respect and listen to and and um, a coach is going to be able to get on him but I'm not sure if Stefanski is that guy um, so we'll see how it works but you know their analytics department really wants Stefanski before they got Kitchens and then um, the Haslam's were like, hey, you know what? We're going to go with Kitchens. So uh, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, but that was the last position that uh, needed to be filled. Um, and then Luke uh, Luke Keekley, uh, linebacker for the Carolina Panthers, he announced his sudden retirement at the age of 28, uh, posting a video on the Players' Tribune. Uh, and he said, you know, it was uh, basically his, his injury history. He's had a lot of injuries. Over the years, I remember there was that one where he had a concussion and he was just like crying on the field. Because uh, if it seemed like when I saw that, when I saw him crying on the field, I thought he was going to retire after that year. So I'm not, I'm not surprised by this retirement at all. I've been actually waiting for him to retire for the last few years because his injury history is extensive. I mean, there was one game he got carted off. You know, he's had so many concussions, and you know, I know he hasn't missed a lot of games the past couple of years, but. He alluded to you know playing injured and playing through a lot of stuff, but uh, yeah, you know, and I think he he does have a Hall of Fame career. He had a he won Defensive Player of the Year. He has all these Pro Bowls. He had that Super Bowl trip. So I think he he might make the Super Bowl, uh, not the Super Bowl, um, the Hall of Fame. You know, as a twenty, you know, even though he's only played what's I think seven eight years. So, um, but yeah, he had a great career, but you know. Not surprising that he retired. And this is going to happen. You're going to see this a lot more often. You know, you had Gronk retiring. He was 29, 30, I believe. Um, Andrew Luck was 29. Um, Doug Baldwin of the Seahawks. He was young. He had some neck injuries. Um, 
Patrick Willis, the 49ers, he retired early. And then I always think back on Chris Borland. Chris Borland was a linebacker out of Wisconsin. Uh, he played one season with the 49ers. He had like 101 tackles that year. He had a great season. I was looking forward to uh, seeing him develop as a player. Uh, he retired at age 24. He's like, hey, I'm done. And he took his signing bonus. He ended up earning like a little over 200000 Now he's doing different stuff. Um, he was actually in that Aaron Hernandez documentary um, that I'll talk about soon. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, this is going to happen a lot more now. You know, people are realizing like, hey, I, I, we, you can't be in the league as long as some players have in the past. You know, Adrian Peterson, the only reason why Adrian Peterson is, is still playing is because he's got all this extra stuff to pay. Apparently he's like in debt or something. He's, he's, he owes all these people some money apparently. I think that's why he's still playing. Because he's, what is he, 33, 34 now? He's taking all those hits. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, this is going to happen more and more. Uh, more players are going to be retiring early. So we'll see who's next. But, uh, yeah, the Aaron Hernandez documentary, watch this on Netflix. It's uh, Inside the Killer, Inside the Mind, Aaron Hernandez, something like this, some name like that. But, uh, anyway, this documentary is so good. It's a three-part series. Every episode is one hour, so make sure you set two to three hours to just watch all of it at once because it's so captivating. I know sometimes you watch something, you're like, oh, you'll check your phone every now and again. This one, I was like, I did not look at my phone the entire hour. I was so into this because I thought, and I remember this happening. I mean, it just happened like recently. He died like, what, he killed himself a year or two ago. But I mean, they did not wait long, by the way, to make this documentary. Uh, but there was a lot in there that I did not know about. Um, I felt like I followed it very closely. It was just such a crazy uh, case when it happened. And it's just like, whoa, you know. But, um, you know, it goes over all the – well, this first episode that I watched it uh, went over, you know, how he grew up and how he ended up choosing Florida and uh, the death of his father, who was really strict and hard on him, but, you know, kind of kept him straight. Uh, that really affected him, and then he kind of just – he flipped. He was going to go to UConn where his brother was quarterback at the time. And then he ended up going to Florida and all this stuff happened in Florida. He ended up like, apparently he shot, he shot into the car. He shot like two people or, or something at Florida in Gainesville. And that just like, it was never investigated. Just went away. Typical college town, typical urban Meyer program actually. Right. Talked about his failed drug tests, um, all this stuff. And by the way, with that, with that 2008 team, that uh, Florida team, that Tim Tebow led team, that that team has all kinds of stories. There's all kinds of stuff there. Um, you know, they could do a thirty for thirty or documentary on that team alone. Because he wasn't Aaron Hernandez wasn't the only one um with these like fake drug tests or failed drug tests and uh but it sounds like they had some NCAA violations too because there was this part where um Hernandez is in prison already and there's uh, he's talking to um Marquis Pouncey, uh who was an offensive lineman uh, for the Florida Gators at the time, and uh, he plays for the Steelers, and um, or maybe his brother plays for the Dolphins. I don't know, one of them because they're, they're brothers. Uh, he was talking. They're talking about a strip club that they used to go to at Florida, and and all this like partying and stuff. So he was like, okay, it sounds like during recruiting visits or like weekends and stuff, like guys on the football team were just fucking getting high and drinking and you know failing drug tests and going to strip clubs and all this stuff and. And you never heard about any of that happened. It's just, you know, you hear whispers here and there. So it just wasn't Aaron Hernandez. It was a bunch of stuff. But he shot a couple of people, apparently, uh, at while he was at Florida. Uh, and then he got in that bar fight at Florida. 
because uh, he wasn't paying. He didn't want to pay his tab. And he was. This was when he was a freshman. He was seventeen. He was at a bar and they gave him drinks. And he was like drinking. Um, but yeah, the other investigate the investigation was for that the murder of Odin Lloyd. And then when they're like searching, they're searching the house, and then they find another car in the garage that they haven't. They, the officers have been looking for for two years that was connected to a double murder. So he killed. Through those three people, and then he shot these other two people in Gainesville. Um, but yeah, man. But you know, another thing that that I took away from this episode was that his uh, his fiance, uh, what was her name? Her, her last name is Jenkins. But uh, she was like, she just had his back, man. She was so loyal. She was just like, she was so gangster about it, though. You know, she was like, hey, they they were there. She was uh, they were at the stand and. They were looking at surveillance of of these uh, the security cameras in in their house, and Aaron Hernandez rolls in. This was like after the murder, apparently. He rolls in. He clearly has. He's like wearing a white t shirt. He's like looking around. He clearly has a black gun in his hand. And the lawyer asks her. I think her. Uh, he asks her, "Okay, what does that look like to you?" <laughs> and it's it's clearly a gun. And she looks at the camera. And she's like, um, "I can't. I don't know. It's it's not a clear picture. I I can't make out what that is." She's like, he's like, uh, this, what does that, does that look like anything to you? And she's like, you know, I, I don't know. It looks like a black blob. Like, I don't know. It's obviously good, but she's not saying shit about it. She's like, she's just holding it down. Like, nope, I don't know what it is. And then there's another call. They think that she hid the weapon for him. So he called her from prison like, hey, there's a box behind the TV. I need you to, you know, that's where it is if you're looking for it. Which is, was like code, like, hey, get rid of the weapon. And then there's like other, also, I don't know why they have security tapes they like because there's their own security footage that they had at their own house that they had put in there. They put that in there. That's what got them. In, that's what got him in trouble. That's how they have all this evidence because it's his own cameras that he set up. So they have her on camera with a bag with a, has a big box in it, and she like gets rid of it. She throws it in the lake that's right by their house. So it's like, oh, okay, Aaron Hernandez lives right here, and then uh, there, there's a weapon in this lake, and oh, yeah, uh, Odin Lloyd was shot, like, right down the street in this vacant, like, empty lot here. Like, oh, okay, so it must be, and Odin Lloyd, uh, Aaron Hernandez is the only person Odin Lloyd knows in this part of town, so, oh, who could have shot this guy? Oh, it was Aaron Hernandez. Like, it was just so stupid. Uh, and, like, you know, murders like that didn't happen in that area. So it's just like, okay, so who else could it be? Oh, let me guess. It's the, the tattooed guy, the tattooed professional athlete who has guns. Like, it's that guy. Um, but, yeah, she was just like, she's like, I'm not saying anything. Like, I'm just I'm holding it down over here, you know. So um, that's what I took away from it. But then uh, there was another person in this uh, in this first episode that was like, she was just, she wasn't saying anything. She was all, she had this the full support. She fully supported him and had just had his back. It was his cousin, uh, Tanya. She was dying of cancer. Um, I she might be gone now, but um, in the documentary, she's like talking to him and stuff a lot on the phone. Uh, like, hey, you know, um, I'm gonna be, I'll be here for you and all this stuff. But when she's in court, uh, they like bring her in as a witness, and she's not saying shit. She's just like. Nope, I'm not saying anything. She didn't say a word. She's like, she had cancer. She's like, I'm not saying anything. She didn't say anything at all, right? And then, um, you know, where they found that car in the garage from that double murder, that was actually at her house. She, she, So he, at some point, he killed someone and then went to her house after that double murder, went to her house and said, hey, can I hide this car here? And then put that car in her garage for over a year. 
So she she knew some of the stuff that he was doing, but was like, hey, I got your back. I'm going to hide all the stuff for you, and I'm not going to say anything. But, man, she had his back. She kept it. She was a G about it. Um, and then they brought her to the stand again, and she didn't say anything, right? And she pled the fifth and all this, and then um, she ended up serving – but she served, I think, like 30 days or something in jail. And um, that that was really bad. So she was she had cancer. She was going through cancer treatment and stuff. But then she was sent to jail because she wasn't she wasn't snitching or saying anything. And so this was really bad for her cancer treatment, obviously. But, man, she had cancer. was like, nope, I'm still not saying anything. And then that probably, you know, ended up killing her because, because she wasn't able to get that treatment still. So... So the fiance and the cousin, like, they held it down for Aaron Hernandez. But uh, his his mom does this part about his mom too, which was I thought was really interesting. Um, you know, after the dad died, um, so the the his dad passed away, and like a month or two after that, uh, his mom starts dating the cousin Tanya, the one with cancer, starts dating her ex husband, and her husband is like just gonna date Aaron Hernandez's mom while. Uh, her, his wife has cancer and that's whole that's going on and they're like in the courtroom together and he's staying at Aaron Hernandez's house when he's when he's a kid he's still like in, in high school and stuff so it's like it's like what the hell you know um yeah so there's and then there's audio of like hip conversations with him and his mom and that was a fractured relationship he you could tell he blamed uh, his mom for like some of the, like the way his life turned out because you know before his dad passed away he was you know, he, he seemed like his dad was keeping him straight and he was going to go to Yukon. He was going to stay close to home. But then his dad passed away. Um, his mom started dating this other person in the family. And it was just like weird. And he's and at one point, Hernandez blamed her and said, hey, you're the one who fucked up my life. I was a happy kid and all this. Then he goes to Florida. Then all this like this life of crime starts happening because that's not how they ra- that's not how they were raised. He wasn't he wasn't a gangster like that. And now all of a sudden he's this fucking gangster guy killing people and stuff. Um, and then another one was like it talked about his sexuality. Uh, you know, there was a, a kid on the on the high school football team was friends with the quarterback. Um, he said that they were they had a relationship. You know that after school one day they just like they just had sex, um, and it alludes to that kid's dad knowing that he was gay. He kind of knew, but um, Aaron Hernandez's dad was you know homophobic, and so was this guy's dad. Um, so, you know, they were trying to hide that obviously and just, you know, pretend like they were, they're straight. And, um, so that's, so he believes that's why Aaron Hernandez got all these tattoos and stuff. He's trying to, he's trying to pretend like he's a different person and, he, and he's not actually gay, but yeah, apparently he had this, um, he had a relationship with his boyfriend or they were boyfriends. Uh, he had a relationship with this, this football player, but it started off as a friendship and then it kind of evolved into, uh, a sexual relationship. And I was like, because he was like, at one point he was like, oh, uh, I was such a small part of uh, Aaron's sexual activity. And I was like, I was like, that's a weird fucking thing to say. And then he gets in, he gets into it in, in, in detail. He's like, uh, yeah, after school, you know, there's never any girls hanging around. Uh, so one day we just said, okay. And then we had sex. I was like, wait, what? I had to, <laughs> I had to like process that. I was like, okay, I had, that was just out of the blue. Um, so, I, you know, because it was those rumors when he first comes out that he had a relationship with someone in prison um but i didn't hear about this uh this relationship with this his high school football teammate uh but 
yeah, so it seemed like there was these conversations with him and his fiance about when he's talking about like um, some of the guys in prison who happen to be gay and the way he was talking, he was talking really negatively about them, calling them women and all this and like freaks and stuff like that. Like he was just intentionally like putting them down to seem like, Hey, like, no, I don't mess with that or anything. Like I'm straight. I'm just like, so I'm so homophobic. Like I just, yeah, obviously he's just like masking how gay, how gay he actually is. And he's just trying to hide who he is and act like he's this other person. He's this tough guy. Like, if you say something, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to beat you up. And then he, he killed someone. Those, that double murder that I talked about where he hid the car in the garage of his cousin's, uh, house, those two people he killed, he didn't even know them. It was like a spilled drink. Someone spilled a drink on him by accident. And then he just follows them outside, pulls up in his car, drive by, just shoots them in there while they're sitting in their car. Just like crazy stuff like that. Like what? If that happens to me, I'll get mad. Maybe we get in a fight or something, but I'm not going to kill him. You know, I was like, all right, you know, I understand. I'll be pissed off about it. Change my shirt, but I'm not going to get in my car and shoot him and kill two people. Like that's crazy. Then, and actually the timeline of that they talked about in the documentary was that he killed these two people. And then after that, this was like, this was in the off season. And then he played an entire season of football. Like nothing happened. It's like, Hey, I just killed these two people, but Hey, I'm down. Let's, let's go, let's go to new England. Let's go play, man. I'm, man, I'm with the Patriots. He just killed them, like nothing. And then, um, yeah, so they had a, they had a killer in the locker room. He killed two people and then just shot these other people in, in uh, Florida. It was just crazy. Um, and yeah, it's just like, it was nothing. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna finish that documentary tonight, but I highly, highly recommend it. It's captivating. You have to set some time to just watch the whole thing because you're gonna want to watch it all. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna watch that. But um, you gotta know, you gotta find out if your significant other uh, is a ride or die, like uh, like Aaron Hernandez's fiance or or like his cousin, because man, they had his back. Uh, but yeah. So we'll get into uh, this next episode. I'll talk about, or I'll do a recap of the conference championship games, and uh, maybe we'll talk some NBA. I know NBA has been a little bit boring. Um, not a lot has been going on. College basketball has been pretty crazy. Um, I know if you're ranked number one, you're just going to lose automatically, but uh, we'll get into more of that uh, soon. Uh, thanks for listening. Enjoy uh, the sports weekend, and uh, yeah, give that documentary a, a try on Netflix. It's, uh, it's really good. Uh, so thanks for listening. Subscribe as always and tell other people, share it, all that stuff. Uh, thanks for listening. Appreciate it.